Non-Monogamy Help is a podcast where your questions about open, non-monogamous or polyamorous relationships are answered. Our host, Lola Phoenix, will consult a licensed therapist with over a decade of experience to address your problems. Names and locations have been changed or censored to keep your questions anonymous. You're listening to Non-Monogamy Help, the podcast. Welcome to episode 78 of the Non-Monogamy Help podcast. I'm Lola Phoenix. Please send your questions to nonmonogamyhelp at gmail.com. I'm either be read in the podcast or the column anonymously. You're welcome to choose which one you'd prefer. If you would like to read all the columns and listen to the podcast, you can find them all at nonmonogamyhelp.com. If you want to sign up to our email newsletter, you can do that by going to go.nonmonogamyhelp.com forward slash email. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Help. If you want to support the columns and the podcasts, please consider becoming a patron. Even $1 a month helps me with just the daily running of the columns and the podcast, and it's just a general vote of support that you support what I'm doing, and I really appreciate it. And you can do that by going to patreon.com forward slash Lola Phoenix. And if you donate $5 or more a month, your name with your permission will be read at the end of the podcast. Let's get to this week's discussion question. If this is the first time you're hearing this, every week before I read the letter I put forth a discussion question that you can use with your friends, partners, metamores, anyone that you want to get to know a little bit more. I also answer it myself briefly to give you a little bit of context. This week's question is, what would you do if your family did not like one of your partners? This question is kind of like a um, not really applicable thing for me because I don't really have any kind of discussion any kind of connections with my family so it doesn't really matter to me if they do or don't like any of my partners they've never met any of my partners but I feel like if I were in this situation I think the best thing that I would do is just try to draw really clear boundaries and I think it's also really important especially if you have a partner who comes from a situation like mine where they don't have any contact with their family and it's been pretty difficult for them putting them in positions to interact with your family can actually be really quite difficult and even though, even if your family are nice, sometimes that is hard. I've had a lot of situations where I've had to be in those kind of situations and it really ramped my anxiety up and I really did wish that I didn't have to be in those situations. So I now am kind of re-examining how I handle this and how I go about in the future Um, with my relationships as far as how much involvement I want to have in their family and do I want to meet them and whether or not I feel like that is uh, a thing that is something I want to do because unfortunately I've had situations where I've really really been hurt by my partner's family and it's not been worth it (laughs) more or less to go through all of that anxiety and go through all of that really really difficult dredging up of the things that I've gone through just to have another experience of familial rejection so that's a big thing that I think I would encourage people to think about like it's really really hard when you don't have any family and it's not a discussion that is at all prioritized or focused on in any kind of even in quote-unquote progressive circles like not having a family is a huge huge thing that affects you on a daily basis sometimes and it's just such a an enormous unspoken privilege to be able to have parents and 
have and not have having lost them in in such a way that is they're still around but they don't have any interest in you or they are harmful to you and so it's really really hard because that is not really talked about estrangement is not something that's talked about and just not not even I mean not even in queer circles I find even though estrangement is something that a lot of queer people go through there isn't really enough of an acknowledgement that not having that in your life is very 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 fucking difficult and so being forced in a situation where you have to interact with somebody else's parents can bring up a lot of shit and it's not fun and sometimes especially since like if you break up with your partner it's not like it's not necessarily like these people are going to continue to invite you over for christmas and shit like sometimes it's not bloody worth it so yeah it's not really answering the question because i don't really have an answer to the question but i think that's something that's always worth considering for a lot of people especially if you're dating someone who is estranged from their family forcing them well not forcing them but putting them in a situation where they have to interact with your family may not be as cavalier of a thing as you think it is so yeah let me just repeat the question what would you do if your family did not like one of your partners let's get to this week's letter my wife of two years has recently come to me with this i don't know how to take it and she says it's definitely not about sex it's about making connections with people I've only been able to connect to certain people in my life. She obviously is one, but she wants deep connections with more people. I don't know I don't know that I could ever handle her having sex with someone. I don't know how to connect to her any deeper than I have been doing. She says when we started dating that we were more non-monogamous. This is what she wants. I don't know what to do. I would like some people's input on this. Before we get to this week's answer, I'm going to quickly plug this episode's sponsor, BetterHelp. Quite often in a lot of my columns and podcasts, I encourage people to seek a polyamory-friendly therapist, and for a lot of people, that's not necessarily an option. BetterHelp allows you to find therapists online that you can send messages to at any time of the day, and they do offer some financial aid if you need it. You can get 10% off your first month by using the promo code NONMONOGAMYHELP or going to betterhelp.com forward slash NONMONOGAMYHELP. Let's get to this week's answer. first thing that I want to address in your letter is that you say I don't know how to connect to her any deeper than I have been doing when someone is interested in non-monogamy or polyamory it doesn't necessarily have to mean that whoever they're dating is not enough and that can be really really difficult to feel on an emotional level because there is a certain understandable logic that if someone comes to you and says, I would like to date more people, there is something about that in your brain that's gonna say, well, clearly we're not enough. I think it's really important to challenge yourself on that. And the reason is that that is a extremely simplistic way of looking at it. The decision to be more non-monogamous or or the want the drive to do that isn't like i want to go out to restaurants more it's a lot more complicated than that and non-monogamy is a very very wide umbrella and there are lots of different reasons people have for wanting to 
be non-monogamous. I can't say for sure what your wife's decisions are or why she's interested in it. I mean, you say she wants deep connections with more people. So that doesn't necessarily mean that the connection that she has with you isn't deep. The thing that people compare it to, and I think it works very well as a comparison, is that if you decide to have another child after you've already had one, that doesn't mean that the one child you have is not enough. It's not as simple as that. <laughs> I think that obviously that is a little bit different, but I still think that that definitely applies. So wanting deep connections with more people is easier for some people and more understandable for some people. And I feel like I really relate to what you said in that you've only been able to connect to certain people in your life. I am kind of a little bit like that in a way. I don't necessarily find myself easily being social. I'm an introvert. I'm not really a person that likes chit chat and things like that. So I don't necessarily find it easy to have deep connections with people. Those take time and that's hard. <laughs> and I find it difficult even to get, get rid of connections that I've had even when they are not actually very good and healthy connections because they're deep connections that I've known these people for a long time, it's harder to let go of. And so I understand how you feel about that. She is a little bit different, but the important thing to remember is that her wanting other connections doesn't necessarily mean that there's a problem with yours. So when you say, I don't know how to connect to her any deeper than I have been doing, there's nothing that you can personally do to change how or what she desires as far as romance. She may be a little bit more on the relationship anarchist side of things and that she doesn't necessarily have to class everything as romance, but you don't have to see that as a, a deficiency in yourself. It's not something that you lack. She said that when you started dating, you were a little bit more non-monogamous. I don't know if, if that meant that you did date other people in the beginning, but if she is comparing it to a time previous that you've had. You don't really mention whether or not you enjoyed that or whether or not or whether or not you didn't enjoy that. I think that if you did enjoy that or if, if at the very least you didn't necessarily have a problem with that, then maybe that's an option. But you do say, I don't know that I could ever handle her having sex with someone else. So I think that there are a couple things there. The first thing is it's worth asking yourself what that's about. Even people who are non-monogamous or polyamorous, it happens quite a lot actually, that the there's a couple and one of them wants to be non-monogamous and the other isn't too sure, they go ahead and do it. The person who didn't really want to be non-monogamous finds a date and the person who instigated the whole thing suddenly finds themselves in a very interesting position where they're feeling a lot of feelings about their partner being with someone else. It's very unrealistic to expect yourself, especially if you grew up in a, in a society where monogamy was the only option that was presented to you, and not only the, the only option, but the, on, the only option with added cultural baggage. So there's lots of things that we tack on to monogamy, at least in the culture that I'm in, which is, you know, one person should be good enough for you. One person is, you know, there is the one, which is the person you're destined to be with and they should fulfill every need and 
you know, you shouldn't eat anything from anybody. You know, there's a lot of that stuff that's tacked on. It's very unrealistic to go through all of that and just expect yourself to have no emotions whatsoever about your partner being with someone else. That is just so unrealistic. You've grown up with a very, very, especially you in particular, I'm assuming, well, I don't actually know. You may in particular feel like there is something personally at stake if your partner is with someone else, especially if, if your wife is interested in men. Again, I don't necessarily actually know if that is what you experience, but there are lots and lots of reasons to feel afraid, to feel scared, to have all sorts of feelings about your partner being with someone else, especially having sex with someone else or loving someone else. There's lots there to be scared of. I don't necessarily think that you being trepidatious or afraid means that you can't do non-monogamy. I think that the first thing that you should think about, and I do have an article on nonmonogamyhelp.com, a 101 article that talks about some of the things that you need to think about if you're considering non-monogamy. And one of the first things that I encourage people to think about is what I call an anchor. So you need to find your anchor, and your anchor is the reason, your personal reason for being interested in non-monogamy. And it cannot be that you want to preserve an existing relationship. And that can be a very small thing. Like, it can be that you enjoy spending time alone. It doesn't even necessarily have to be that you have an interest in dating other people. It can be that I enjoy spending time alone. I like my alone time. If my partner is out and on a date, then I get the house to myself. Like, there needs to be something personal that isn't saving the relationship that draws you to non-monogamy or that you can think of, think of when you're in times of kind of emotional upset because you most likely will be an emotional upset at some point. It is very, very rare that you would just be able to be like, oh, I'm fine. You know, you've even people who are super interested in non-monogamy get kind of scared when their partner's with someone else. It's very normal. I think if you can find an anchor, if you can find a reason that isn't saving this relationship to be interested in non-monogamy, then it's worth a try. One thing that I will say is the reason why I say your anchor cannot be to save your relationship is that a non-monogamous relationship is different. It is not monogamy with an upgrade. It's not monogamy with a few added benefits. It is a different way of doing things. Accepting non-monogamy on a fundamental level means accepting that your partner will not spend 100% of their time with you. This is true for some monogamous relationships. If you have a partner who has a time-intensive career, if you are with a partner who maybe is in some type of uh, military service or in Peace Corps or something like that where they have to travel overseas, you also have to accept that too if you want to be in that relationship. Not every monogamous person wants that type of relationship because they don't want their partner to spend so much time away from them. It's very, very important that you are able to accept that and, and go, okay, I can accept that. The anchor is what you use to say, okay, this is what I'm interested in. The reason why it can't be that is because fundamentally everything is at some point going to change. Trying to use that as an anchor is like is like trying to hold on to 
it's like expecting that a if your relationship goes from in person to long distance it's expecting that your relationship will be the exact same long distance as it is in person it's not to say that long distance relationships are less than or but they are different they're different to an in-person relationship some people can do long distance some people cannot and there are lots of different reasons why but if you were holding on to a relationship and you go long distance to hold on to that relationship and you have the expectation that your relationship will not change then you are going to be sorely disappointed so if you decide to try non-monogamy purely for the purposes of keeping this relationship the way it is now then you will be disappointed because if you decide to go this way there will be times when your wife is not there she will be dating other people she will be developing connections with other people and that is something that you negotiate as and when, but you can't expect that you're going to say yes to non-monogamy and nothing will change. Things will change, and that is just part of it. Another thing that I'll say, which is also in the article if you have a look at it, is that people can be convinced of the safety of monogamy by society and feel a lot more emotions in non-monogamy because it is not socially reinforced. You know, you could break up with your wife and meet someone, be with that person for 10 years, and they could leave you overnight. The assumption that monogamy is safer and that it will automatically mean that someone will stay with you, that you will have a long-term relationship, that that relationship will la last until someone in it doesn't make it out alive, is not true. We, we think that monogamy is safer because there's all of these cultural scripts, there's all of these things that society tells us that say, you know, especially the relationship escalator, um, which I definitely think you should look up, you know, you meet, you date, you get married, and you, you know, you go up the steps, and, and those steps reinforce the idea that this is secure, but it's not actually secure necessarily. People can, regardless of whether they're monogamous or polyamorous, people can meet someone new, fall in love with someone else, and leave you. That is something that can happen. And being monogamous won't protect you from that. So it makes a lot of sense to be afraid in non-monogamous situations of losing your partner because you don't have that cultural script that says this is going to be fine. And in fact, a lot of people have a cultural script that says open relationships don't work. So they are naturally more afraid. I think that to sum up kind of what I said, your wife being interested in deep connections with other people isn't an indication that your connection with her isn't deep and her desire to do that is valid if you don't have a desire to do that that's also valid there's not one right right way to do this i would encourage you to look on nonmonogamyhelp.com for my 101 article which will help you think about your anchor think about the reasons if you are interested in this that you might try it and see if it's something that you're interested in and don't necessarily take the idea that just because you're you're not feeling great about your wife being with other people or having sex with other people that that necessarily means that you can't do it it's kind of pretty normal for the society that most people grow up in so it's it's not necessarily a, a bad sign it's just pretty normal so yeah have a look at that see if there is an anchor for you see if there is some reason that you would be personally interested in it if there is give it a shot and you know worse comes to worse you know you don't end up together and breakups suck and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna pretend like they don't 
but it's always worth remembering that sometimes two people can be good people, nice people, great people, but not great for each other. And that doesn't necessarily mean that either of you have failed or done anything wrong. Because I think sometimes in breakups, it's quite hard to feel like there isn't some kind of blame or sometimes it's really easy to blame yourself or to be mean to yourself about it. So, you know, if it doesn't work out, if you're not really compatible, if this, if this isn't something you want or you try it and it's not for you or anything else, if you don't end up together, it doesn't mean that you've necessarily done anything wrong or that you're necessarily, you know, that, that there's a blame there, if that makes sense. So yeah, I hope that helps and good luck. Thank you for listening to episode 78 of the Nominogamy Help podcast. If you want to be awesome, you can donate to Patreon, Patreon, actually. Donating $5 or more a month means your name with your permission will be read at the end of the podcast. This week's current patrons are Laura Boylan, Chris Albury Jones, Juke Ellen Robinson, Nikki Jones, James Wartell, and Leo Yaki. If for whatever reason you can't become a patron because life happens, I get it. If you could take five minutes and log into iTunes, you can find the podcast rate and review it, and that would be so helpful. I'd really appreciate that. It helps me get the podcast out there to new people. If you don't want to write a review and you just want to do a rating, that is still also very much appreciated. So yeah, if you have five minutes to spare, please do that if you can. But that's all for this week. You can get a new column next Friday and another podcast episode in a fortnight. Thank you again for listening. You've been listening to Non-Monogamy Help. Our podcast music has been provided by Chris Albury-Jones at albury-jones.com. And the art was made by Dom Jung at d-o-m-d-u-o-n-g.com. Thank you for listening.